Flawless is a Texas-based natural skincare line for all skin types, started by a black woman named Bianca. After she graduated university, she had broken out with cystic acne, dry peeling irritated skin, and had scabs and scars all over her face. She tried different skincare methods and skincare lines for three and a half years with no success. That's when she remembered the idea of Flawless that God gave her almost four years prior and started making her own natural soaps. The name Flawless came from the Bible verse, Song of Solomon, chapter four, verse seven, which says, you are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. Now, let me tell you, Flawless products have done the trick for me. I absolutely love that they have handcrafted products made in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality, and they're free of parabens, phthalates, and sodium lauryl sulfate. The slow-cured traditional cold process method used makes your skin look and feel flawless, baby, and who doesn't want that? So if you're looking for skincare products that are made with care using ingredients that you can trust, go to www.flawlessnaturalsoaps.com and use my referral code Candy for JC, that's C A N D I E, the number four, and JC to get 10% off all of your purchases over $10. Choose flawless and be reminded just how beautiful you are in the eyes of God. You're listening to First Fossil. Welcome to First Fossil, a show where we learn together how to take that first fossil toward becoming the best versions of ourselves. My name is Candace Olushala, and today's guest is someone that I grew up with literally, like what, two houses down? Yep, like two, three houses down. And we spent so much time growing up together. Her dad was actually my dentist for most of my life. So there's also that. And we have really cool connections with our faith and and such. So I really want to introduce you guys to this darling friend of mine. So without further ado, please welcome Mary Catherine Watson. How are you doing, girl? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So excited for all that you're doing. So proud of you. I just always knew you'd be a superstar, but just watching you just take it to the next level and kill it. Just rock this life and just really. <laughs> Build the kingdom and in, in actuality has just been nothing but true joy. So thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, man. I I just I'm inspired by you. You're doing some really cool stuff too. And your whole family is just a powerhouse family. So I just I love it. And you guys have such you know, the Alicia's aren't aren't struggling too much. They're they're all amazing. I can still remember <laughs> you guys walking around the street playing your different instruments. I love it. Yes, yes, <laughs> awesome. yes. So true. So yeah. true. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Okay, great. And so, we'll, yeah, and then we'll jump into your story. Okay, perfect. So, I'm Mary Catherine Wathen, and I am a wife. I'm a mother of six children. Um, I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. Like Candace, have all brothers. She has two brothers, and I have five. So, we know how to hang with the boys, hang with the best of them. We love it. Um, very little drama. And I now own my own company called West of Perfection. And we do coaching and consulting and workshops for professional women. And we do a lot of networking and, and working with 
with high achieving professional women. And I absolutely love it. I know it's a call for me. It's not a career. It's a call. And so we we just keep going with, with the kids and the family and the career and the, you know, being a, a good spouse and all the things. So it's a, it's a gift. Life is a gift. And I just think it's every day is just fun and it's challenging and seeing how you can, what you can do in this world to make it a better place. And how can you be of service to other people to help them in their lives? Mm-hmm. I love that. I absolutely love that. And you're, you're killing the game. You're doing so well and you keep such a bright spirit, which I also really like about you. Um, not that you don't have down days, but you, you try to look at the positive on every aspect of life, which is really inspirational for those of us that are trying to navigate this world of being women and being in, you know, being, being a business owner and then wanting to also have a family and balance that. So I'm actually curious what, what for you then is a first Boston experience as far as what you do and how you navigate this? Yeah, that's a great question, Candace. So, you know, um, I got out of college and got a great job with a Fortune 50 company and spent a lot of years uh, working in corporate America. It was so good to me. And then the good Lord blessed us with three babies in a year, one and then twins. And so I could not keep up that schedule. And so I chose to stay home at that time. And um, probably when my twins were about one, I started my own business and did some monogramming and had a little retail gift shop, which was just a ball of fun. And I did that for about a decade, but my heart was always um, really, I love business. I loved working in the corporate world, but I unfortunately believed the narrative that I couldn't be a good mom and work and kill it in business. And so, you know, I was there for my kids always, but there was a piece of me that I would say was almost like the fire was dimming because I love to work and I love business. And I think you can do both. Now it has to stay in priority. And by priority, I mean, like, what does God tell us? He tells us God first, then our marriage, then our children. And after that comes work. Though our work is very important because our work sanctifies us. And, you know, part of that work is motherhood. And then the other part is, is, you know, what he's called us to do. And I just really, you know, several years back, I learned that the word desire actually means of the father and those desires he places on our heart are they, he has put them there because he wants us to fulfill mm-hmm. those desires so that we create and build the kingdom that he has. And if we don't fulfill those desires, a little piece of us dies and his kingdom doesn't get built like he wants it to be. And so I really took that to prayer and leaned into it. And just, he just started opening doors left and right for me to be able to work with women. And it's just been just a gift, a real gift. And just realizing that it's never about me, but it is just a a true gift to be able to be a conduit of his grace, to allow him to work through me and to always point it back to him, always point to the creator, because when it becomes about us, it's selfish and it's not sustainable. And you will eventually let people down. Um, I'm not the savior and nor was I designed to be. So it takes all the pressure off and I just get to point it back to him. But you know, I think just that's a, a a short story long, but over the course of 15 years, my oldest is about to turn 15. I've been on a journey um, of motherhood and really, you know, I think you have this idea of having children before you have children of, 
oh, I want a baby and it's going to be so awesome. And you have a baby and you have never felt that kind of love ever in your life. That's my favorite question to ask a new mom is, have you ever been so in love? And, but then it gets real, right? So you are wiping bottoms, you're feeding, you're getting spit up on, pooped on, puked on. And there is no thank you, mama. It is like, give me more, more, more. And then the kids keep coming and and you kind of get to this place of like, it's all service and no gratitude. And it's hard. And I think that I got to a place of thinking that motherhood is so much work and not seeing the gifts that it is. And so really just kind of being on um, kind of a hamster wheel, I'll say, for for several years of just the day in and day out of motherhood, but wanting more um, in the connection of, in the way of connecting with adult women and being able to serve in a way outside of my family. And so, you know, as I took that to prayer and for years I had ungodly self-reliance where I thought I have to figure this out. And whenever I really surrendered it all to him, he has just Bless me and and made my dreams that I could have never imagined. I always say God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We just have to get out of our own way. Mm-hmm. Man, see that for someone like myself to hear that, and you know, I I had a beautiful privilege of watching my mom who raised me and my brothers very very hands on while also working. She didn't have her own. I mean, I guess she and dad had my dad's private practice and she was basically the nurse there and helped manage the business. And then she worked for a variety of different companies Mm -hmm. and also did nursing in the community, taught nursing. So she did all these things. But the one thing that stood out to me was how she really did do everything in her power to make sure that she was still hands-on with us. She was still involved in what we did. She didn't prioritize her work, but she didn't also necessarily prioritize us. I felt like she was always trying to make sure she found a balance, not that it always happened. And I think that's just being human, trying to find the balance in the changing seasons of life while your kids are growing up and then you have kids at different ages or doing different activities. You know, so watching her always trying to find the balance and then at the end of the day, and I guess it's it's just a mom thing, but the pouring out of self, really pouring out of self into your family, but then also into your work, if you do work as a mom mm-hmm. um, and and wondering if my mom ever felt like she still had herself in all of that like did she did she feel like in seasons where she might be losing herself because she does want to be there for her family and her husband and her work like did she really get tired and feel like oh man I wish I you know took a mom break or you know stepped away and said hey I need to find balance a little bit better can I you know can you guys? Yeah, like, I, think, I think that's a great it. point. And it'd be a great conversation for you to have with your mom. And, you know, I was just thinking about your family and your parents. And I just believe the greatest gift you can have is, is great parents. And it's just a gift, you know, not all of us are as blessed as you and I were. We both were so blessed with amazing role models. And I tell my husband all the time, the greatest gift we can give our children is the gift of loving each other and a beautiful marriage. Mm. And 
I really believe that because out of your love is what it's what you pour out and you can't get what you don't have. And when you teach your kids love and putting, you know, putting each other first and just thinking about what you're talking about, I, I t- try to take everything back to that triangle with God at the top and then marriage and then kids. And believe me, your kids can overtake your marriage in a flat second because the squeaky wheel gets the grease. When you got a screaming kid, you can... <laughs> high five your husband for a month while you're passing each other going to, you know, piano lessons and soccer practice and all the things. And that's not good. So when you talk about balance, it's interesting because the time is not balanced. I spend a lot more time with my children than I do my husband. He spends a lot more time at work than he does here. And the time might not be balanced, but really focusing on the priority and really thinking of, you know, my spiritual director really challenged me as I got back into work and was loving it so much. He said, you know, you're doing good work, but I want to challenge you because sometimes the good can overtake the great of your primary vocation and your primary vocation is daughter of the king and then wife and wife comes before mother. And I think in our culture, you know, we, we do everything for our children today. And, you know, I saw your mom and my mom as well, both really have that balance of creating independence with their children of not, you know taking everything and doing everything for you. So when you're 20 years old and go to college, she's packing your suitcase for you. I mean, come on, that's what parents are doing today. And it's actually a disservice to your children when we create that dependency, but we think that we're doing it, it out of love, right? Like we love them so much. We'll do everything for them. But it's, it's interesting because you say, you know, do you lose yourself? And I think for years I did kind of lose myself and that really resonated with me. But then I, I go back to like, to me, the whole point of life through the progression of life, the only thing that matters is to build the kingdom and get to heaven. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. And I think we're on this journey of death to self throughout life in a way that is not, no, I'm miserable, but in a way that you're only as happy as much as you're serving others. And when it becomes about, that's why you and I have both, both of us have met and worked with a lot of people that have a lot of fame. And I think fame is terrible for people because it makes them their own God. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's not good for us. So I think that if you think about the natural progression of most people's lives, we, you become selfish in college because you only take care of yourself, right? And then you, you discern and grow into marriage and people get so excited about their wedding, but your marriage is really to serve, to serve each other, to put yourself last and the other first. And then you have kids and you take it to a whole new level, right? Of serving and pouring out of self and, and growing out of self. And so it's that balance, if you will, again, of learning to die to self in order to serve, but not in a place that makes you miserable. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard a quote yesterday actually, where someone was saying that balance isn't doing everything in equal amounts of time, but Mm -hmm. it's prioritizing what needs to be done at the at the time that you're in and the season that you're in and knowing that that can adjust at any time based on how those seasons evolve and not like putting yourself in like a box of having it have to be like, everyone gets 10 minutes. All of my job priorities get 10 minutes. Like, no, this area might need three hours of my time. This area might need just a few minutes and knowing you can, you know, move that around as things change. So you know, you have six kids mm-hmm. and you, you shifted from doing your monogramming to what you do now. 
with the seasons of being a wife and a mom and for you your faith is so important to you how how did you decide yeah I definitely think with with you know marriage marriage and motherhood can be chaotic right Uh but how did you go yeah I really think I could still do you know coaching and consulting businesses and have my own podcast and things like like how what made you say that that was an okay idea despite finding balance with what you already had on your plate at the time that you made that decision yeah that's such a great question and you know I think part of it has for me it had to be a call right and so in prayer he just kept laying it on my heart and then he literally opened the doors again I think one of the the most difficult things that high achieving people fall into is ungodly self-reliance and so he really pruned me over the past seven or eight years showing me that yeah if it's my will it's going to happen and if it's not my will you better quit stop you better stop you know you're trying to force a square peg in a round hole but really through pair and then he just kept serving it up like women would show up and I would end up working with them and and they wanted it and so it was so massive and so quick that I knew without a doubt it could not be anything other than a call for him now again when you have that call and you love it so much you can allow the good to overtake the great and so something I have really gotten my own coaching on through all this is boundaries because you are working with people and I love people so deeply and so well that I say yes to everything all the time. And I've just learned that a lot of times when we say yes to everything and everyone, we're saying no to the, to those we love the most. And so I've really had to learn like, you know, boundaries of just because I can't coach you right now or go to lunch with you or do this doesn't mean I don't love you. And not making that mean something about me because my capacity has to be to these six children first. And like you said, you know, your time isn't always allocated equally, Um, but really making sure that my priorities stay in check. And then I have a spiritual director who is constantly challenging me and keeping me in check with that. And, you know, thinking about like, just I would offer your listeners as you have children, your time isn't going to be equally allocated. You know, you spend a lot of time together before you have kids with your spouse, but then it gets smaller and smaller. But I think it's little people, little time and big people, big time. And this has just helped me in my motherhood of like little kids constantly need you. Right. But they just need your attention for 30 seconds. And then they go run and play for five minutes and then they come back for 30 seconds and the leash is short. But then my older kids now, my teenagers, It's like, I want to talk to them, but they don't want to talk to mom. But then at night, they might sit and talk to me for an hour, right? So it's like, if you just can kind of remember that, like the leash gets longer and they come back and they'll always come back if we're there for them. And so creating that space to be there for all my kids. I mean, there's only so many hours a day. I've really had to work and get coached on boundaries because I never want to hurt anyone's feelings. And a lot of times I end up hurting my family's feelings. because I want to be everything to everyone else and really focusing on, again, I'm not the savior. You know, you don't really need me. You need Jesus. And so go spend some time with the Lord. Um, But, you know, with all that to be said, making sure that I I have my calendar set and my priorities set according to his will, that he, I can only say it could only be God the way that this has all fallen into place for me. And, um, you know, and when, it, when he says it's time to go, you go. And when he says to pull back, he'll 
I've really learned how to discern and lean into what he's laying on my heart. Um, after do, not doing it well for years. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I like that, you know, that you, you felt like if, if you were to pray about it, if it was something on your heart that God would guide those opportunities in a way that was evident to you, like, okay, I'm recognizing that this is moving in a direction that that is, you know, outside of myself and wouldn't happen unless, you know, God was, was moving in that direction and just following that call, um, and recognizing it for what it is. And I felt the same way with leaving, working as a pharmacist too, that it was kind of one of those, I'm, I'm praying for God to shift me and I'm not exactly sure what that shift is going to look like, but then watching how things were just moving in this similar direction. And it was a direction that I was also really excited about and was totally outside of me. Like I wasn't just going around begging people to do X, Y, Z and allow me these opportunities. They were just showing up and I had just been praying about them. I was like, I mean, I'm, this seems pretty evident to me. I'm just going to lead, lean into that and follow follow those doors wherever they're going and thinking now like for myself and even watching my older brother you know he's a musician and he's working and then kind of similar to you but on the side of being a dad and a husband I've often now seen him say you know I don't want to have gone all around the world and made all this music and toured and stuff. And my kids don't know me. So it was yeah. like the opposite of like, I have like, am I going to be a good dad because I'm working versus yeah. like women who are often told, like, if you work, you're being a bad mom, you should just be a mom. So it's, it's, it's interesting that those two narratives are out there. Like women have to do all or nothing into motherhood and fathers have to do all or nothing into work when both seem to need to find that balance depending on what it is that they really believe on their heart is what needs to be prioritized and it's okay and it just takes intentionality it sounds like just really being intentional and being self-aware as well. Really is. You know, I always say awareness is the first prison we free ourselves from. And I, and I think too, if you're in a space of like, you don't know what's next, like he's pruning you, he's getting you ready. God wastes nothing. There is no amount of anything that I have done previously. He's utilized the time that I was at home frustrated. He has utilized every bit of it to prune me and mold me and shape me for what I do now. And I just think it's so exciting to live like that because you don't know what you don't know. And I think God works kind of like Siri, right? So like you're in this space, Candace, of like, you don't know what's next, which is kind of exciting if you're living on faith, because you know how Siri, like you're driving along and they're like, oh, take a right. And you're like, oh. and it's kind of like stressful, you know, if you don't hear it. And I think that's just kind of how God works. He just shows up last minute because if we knew the whole path from, if I knew the whole path from here to California, I wouldn't even remember the first step. So I think he, he gives us that step. And as we step into it, he continues to, to change our direction and, and bring us along. And we don't, we have to open our hands and surrender it. And I always say, quit, 
grabbing so tightly, like open fists, right? Open hands, because allowing him to move without you having to be so controlling. And I'm, I'm a type AAA personality. And so that's just been really hard for me, but it's also been really freeing. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, just knowing like you're on the path, you're there, you're going there, everything you're doing, it's all taking that next right step towards whatever he has for you. And there's a purpose in all of it. It's just exciting. Yeah, it, it really, it really truly is. And it, it's something that I've, I've talked with some of my coaching clients with and friends who still feel like they're not sure and not, not all my friends and not even, not even all of my listeners believe in God, which for me, just out of honesty, and I think you would agree, I actually have no idea how people navigate life without some kind of understanding of a God that wants to help them guide Mm -hmm. their lives and figure things out, but to sit and talk with people every day, even people who do believe in God, like, cause this is not, this isn't a no brainer for some reason. People assume that it is in Christianity, but it's not. But the, the idea that people don't know where they're going, they don't know, they feel like they do have to figure it all out. Like, oh, I might as well just be a mom because even though I have something on my heart to work in, I don't even know how I would figure it out. I I just don't know. It's just too much. It's too much of a burden on me. Yes. The pressure on me, the pressure on myself to try to figure that out. I'm just going to default and just be a really good mom. And maybe when my kids leave my house then I'll think about doing something if I have the energy to do it or it's the opposite where it's like, I just won't have any kids. I I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I think I can handle in my mind. And then navigating that space, still feeling unsure, feeling worried, feeling like, am I even doing this right? Something always seems unsettled in their spirits. And in my head, I'm going, I think it's because you keep thinking you have to figure it all out by yourself and that somehow everyone miraculously is figuring it out because they look like they are they're posting on social media like they are they talk to you as though they are but everyone is technically in a season of trying to figure it out even those who are relying on god to go i'm i'm trying to understand where you're moving lord if i need more clarity in what you're doing just provide that for me because i might i might not be reading you right you know like yeah, there, yeah. there is that kind of fine direction. Um, but I just, I can't wrap my head around trying to find that balance alone or even relying on just people to help me figure that out. Cause Listen, they might not know either. They're yes. going every time. And, you know, even, even in marriage, your spouse lets you down and they're, I just think about, you know, as you're talking, like, you know, he tells us, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Why would you not want that? And and I get everybody's on their own journey. It's all on their own time. But yeah. people, I'm here to tell you, if you just sit and give God the quiet time and just, just sit and say, you know, God, are you real? Just show me. And if you just sit down and be quiet and actually give him time, it's not up to me to convince you, but just give him the time and, and you will, your life will start to change before your very eyes, you know, and it's, I'm with you though. I don't know how people have children and don't believe in God. You have this tiny little miracle that is 
that you've never felt so much love. And it's just, how does this all happen? Like perfect little fingers and toes and a tiny everything. And it's just so sweet, you know? And, you know, as you're talking about like discerning children, no children, career, no career. And people say, oh, you have six kids. You know, I mean, in today's culture, that's a lot. Gosh, years ago, it wasn't so much, right? Everyone had big families. But I just always encourage people to, again, it's that ungodly self-reliance of like, you don't need to make that decision on your own and you don't have to be in control, but I don't think everyone's called to have six kids. I don't think everyone's called to the same call. We all have a different call, but I think most people don't actually have that conversation with God. We decide what we want, what we think will be good. And then that's how we make our decisions. Like, you know, I'm not going to have kids because I want my career or I'm not going to, that's, you know, too many kids, or I'm just going to keep having so many kids and not take care of them. None of them are good. You have to have this improper discernment. And it's like, it's not really just between me and my my husband, Will. It's a conversation. Every one of our children have been discerned and we have felt a call to have another one. Do I think everyone needs a huge family? No. Um, but I would encourage you to invite God into that conversation because he gave us that free will. So he'll let us make the decision, but he wants to co-create our life with us. And so bringing him into that and seeing if you're where your heart is, and then it's just so much more freeing and will bring you more joy. And my children have refined and shaped me more than I could ever be refined and shaped on my own. The good Lord knew what I needed. And, you know, so it's, um, I would encourage all of your listeners just to, to invite God into decision-making with them, because it takes all that pressure off that you're talking about. And our culture is so fast now and it's so high pressure and it's, it's too much on our own, which is why well, we don't have to do it alone. Mm-hmm. I, I totally support that, that process of really inviting God into the space. And for those of you that are still trying to figure out God, and I know that there's several of you that have reached out and said that, you know, you're questioning, like, how do you even process God? That that space that, you know, Mary Catherine talked about as far as the silence, sitting in the silence and allowing God moments to speak to you. And that's just not for those who are questioning God. Those are also for those that also believe in God. Sometimes we talk to him too much and he's like, I can also yeah. talk to you <laughs> or we can both be quiet together. You know, um, it, it's a relationship. So um, sitting in that space of allowing him to lead the conversation and lead the direction that you're trying to figure out, I think is such a beautiful, beautiful idea. And the, the other thing I was thinking of was also to take a step back. So I think we get so deep into the, oh my goodness, I can't figure this out. And I have to figure this out by a certain time in a certain way. And everyone else is, seems to be getting it right. I would take a step back and that might even mean not discussing certain things with people, not scrolling on social media to see how everyone is, else is projecting how things are going for them and, and really just look into the world that you're navigating because you can get into a comparison space and that can take you to a whole other mindset of thinking you're behind and you're not doing it right. And so, so really create those boundaries. For yourself to to be able to hear from God to be able to kind of sit with your what is already on your own plate mm-hmm. instead of thinking that you have to compare the plate that you have with everyone else's 
plates that they're telling you they have. Yeah, comparison. They might not have those plates. That's right. Even if they do, it's not, it's not, your life is different, right? So comparison is the thief of joy. And that's probably what we coach on the most, honestly, with women is imposter syndrome, lack of confidence and comparison. So we're all in it with you, sis, all of us together, but we we gotta, we gotta build the kingdom and make this world a better place for everybody. You know, a a high tide raises all ships is my motto. Um, So everyone needs to become the best version of themselves. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, hey, how can Adam. people, oh, thank you. <laughs> how can it. people reach out to you or follow you yeah. either on social media or listen yeah. to you? I have a podcast too. Yes. I have a podcast. It's called girl, water your grass. And we focus on God's dreams being bigger than our own and on being where your feet are because the grass is not greener. When you get married, when you have kids, when you find your dream job, the grass is green is where you water it. So that's really fun. Um, and it's on Apple and Spotify. And then the name of my company is West of Perfection. Just a little background of um, in all traditional churches, the altar was always in the East and we are West of Perfection being God. So um, westofperfection.org, check us out. If you have any motherhood questions or just working as a professional woman and, and managing a family. And I always tell my dad, any woman that runs her household could be the CEO of a huge company because there's a lot to juggle and a lot to keep in your Rolodex. But yeah, reach out. I would love to hear from you. Offer any help, pearls, advice, hear any wisdom from you all. And just um, grateful to be here with you, Candace, and to keep cheering you along and, and watching all of us just rise has just been just true joy. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, suggestions, thoughts, if you want to be a guest on the show, make sure to go to my website at www.firstbustle.com. You can go to the podcast tab to read up more on that. And you can also look at other ways to support me on this show as well. Otherwise, take care, stay safe. God bless everyone. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, Mary Catherine.